It's that time of week, time to give some predictions. I know we're all going to go in the same direction here, but we're still going to give them anyway. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into the Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. Thank you so much for making us your first lesson every day. We do appreciate you guys so much. Jimmy, we're going to do some predictions here for Alabama against the Chattanooga Mocs. And, you know, it's not short for moccasin, by the way. It's not. It's I know. Not. It's confusing. It's weird. It's um, In fact, I'm going to read something from the Chattanooga website. This this taught me a little something, um, and it doesn't make any sense. It also lets me know they don't they don't uh, edit their the stuff on their website very more. Hey, before you even read it, does that have something to do with the Moccasin River? The no. Here's here. Uh, okay. re, listen to this. There is a Moccasin River in Chattanooga, I believe. Well, you would. I mean, at first, my first thought was, okay, I'm assuming that they're the Moccasins. Because I thought of like moccasins, like the Native American shoe, right? That's what I thought. And I was like, well, it could be for a snake. And then they were like, no, that's not it at all. It says, for more than a decade, this question, meaning what is a mock, has puzzled many fans and observers of Chattanooga Athletics. Mocks is simply the nickname. It's not short for anything. It stands alone, except they wrote it stands along. So I'm assuming nobody edits this, but it says, what is a mock? And it says the UTC athletics department changed the logos in 97, moving away from native American imagery. So I guess it was the moccasins for the shoes to a package of logos using railroad images, the nickname mocks, which means nothing. And the scrappy mascot, uh, that's the name of the mascot who was named after legendary football coach. Of course, we all know very well, AC scrappy Moore. I have Is no that idea. the guy that was on the ABC show, Coach? <laughs> that, that would be something if they named him for him. That I could get behind I that. Um, I was just trying to remember who Scrappy Moore was. Is I'm going to let other that... people look that up. I'm so not interested in AC Scrappy Moore that I'm not even looking it up to tell you now, and I'm going to leave you hanging with your own curiosity, letting, letting that be your guide if you want to look it there's, up. There's but, literally, I think, a moccasin river. Or some sort of river that looks really full of moccasins. Like right when you're pulling into South Ch- Southwest Chattanooga, where I enter that town, I go about once or twice a year. And uh, it's really pretty. It's beautiful. But I thought Mox had something to do with that river, to be honest. It, huh. it, it says it just stands alone. It means nothing. So, I mean, okay. I guess they're trying to say it's we do we don't want to offend Native Americans, snakes, rivers. There's nothing we want to offend. So this means that this is a word we made up. Can you um, imagine Jerry Seinfeld and George Costanza walking into the athletic director's office and pitching a, mosca- a mascot about nothing? <laughs> we think our mascot should be about nothing. It's just well, a, it's got to be about something. No, it's about nothing. It's just a frozen glass of pure water. There's nothing. There's no. There's no flavoring at all. There's no nothing. Um, anyway. How about mocks? But isn't that a snake? Isn't that a shoe? No, it's nothing. <laughs> uh, but now their record is seven and three. 
here's the catch. Their losses are at North Alabama at the beginning of the season. So they've already come into our state once and gotten trounced 41 to 27. Um, they also lost to Western Carolina 52 to 50. Uh, and they lost wow. uh, last week. Wasn't that the score we lost to Tennessee? What was it? What was that Tennessee game last year? 52 49? I, th- I thought it was 50. Is either 52 49 or 51 48? I can't remember. It's one of those two. Um, Boy, just flashback. But uh, they also lost two weeks ago to number two Furman, and number two meaning of the uh, football championship, whatever you call them. Uh, they lost by three. So they're playing a lot better. Um, that being said, the FanDuel spread is 44 and a half. And uh, you and I talked about this on the last show that, frankly, uh, look, I don't think Alabama will cover because this Alabama never covers these large spreads, it seems like. Um, and, it, and it just seems that way. Maybe some, somebody's going to have some empirical data that's going to tell me, uh, oh, Luke, you're so wrong about this. And, well, I'm going to tell you that's why I'm a very bad gambler. So, I mean, yeah, I'm right, too in that way. Um, but I, I think the final score will be something like 53 to, you know, 10 or something like that, which um, in fact, that's my official prediction. 53, 10. Yeah. 53, 10, not covering, not covering. I'll go covering and go uh, 56 to seven. Fair. Um, I'll take it. Um, and, and, but here's the thing covering all my bases like uh, the lawyer I used to be. I'm not going to be surprised if this is a bit of a struggle game. Now, struggle game against UT Chattanooga does not mean 20 to 14, or I sincerely hope not. But struggle game to me might mean something like 34 to 14. And, and, and I wouldn't be shocked solely for this reason. Man, this game comes at a weird time. I mean, I know it's helpful. I know it's helpful. But the fans... I talk to fans. It's my job. I, I talk to you guys all day long and all we, I'm not blaming on y'all. I'm just as guilty. All we are talking about is rankings, Georgia, and to some extent, Auburn. And I know that this game doesn't take a plus focus for Alabama to win. I'm not going to play into coach Saban's psychology games here. I know Alabama's going to win this game Saturday, but man, when all you care about is two weeks away or a week away or, Hey, all I want to care about this week is healing up my, my bruised thigh and stuff like that. Uh, I, I won't be surprised. Coach Saban bought up uh, in the press conference uh, that I just watched. Uh, he bought it up that, uh, you know, we played these guys in 2016 and halfway through the second quarter, it's three nothing Chattanooga. And I don't remember the circumstances, Luke, but I bet they were really similar. I mean, I know that team was undefeated going into that game and had an SEC championship match with, uh, uh, Florida, I think it was all already uh, already locked up. That was uh, Jalen Hurts' freshman year. Um, I, I think uh, I, I really think that struggling would not shock me. But uh, but my official prediction is fifty six seven because I, I lean towards believing that this particular group takes care of business. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there with you. And also, when you think about twenty sixteen and and the similarities to this year, I mean we had what a lot of people believe to be a running quarterback who could throw the ball. Um, But I think the difference is, frankly, um, as the year went on, I thought, uh, now maybe I'm thinking of 17. I am thinking of 17. That is the year went on Jalen hurts 
passing skills diminished a little bit that year. Whereas I feel like Jalen Milrow was on an upward trajectory. Yeah, true. But I think, I mean, I, I still think the, the point uh, remains. And Milrow um, almost has like more to prove at this point in the season than Hertz did in 2016 in that way, I think. And we're also, here's the thing, boy, we could do a whole show on this. I, I've heard Nick Saban say this. This isn't just Jimmy talking uh, off the top of my head. Nick Saban said, well, after 2016 was over, I'm talking about a few seasons after, and looking back on that year, he said we didn't do Jalen Hurts any favors in terms of developing him. And what he meant by that, I believe, is that we cobbled together an offense that Hurts could run as a true freshman, and there was a lot of one read and take off. And that was what he was comfortable with, and it's sort of what he did in high school. So, so Alabama did it as a way to make Jalen Hurts comfortable and as a way not to give the game away at the quarterback position by asking him to do too much. So we did the right thing for the team and for Alabama. But Nick Saban later lamented, how is that, how is that making Jalen Hurts a better player? How is that preparing him for an NFL career that he's capable of? Uh, we didn't, and that's what he meant by we didn't do him any favors. Jalen Milrow were handling differently. I tend to think it might be because of those lessons learned in 2016. Jalen Milrow's running a multi-read offense. He makes multiple reads uh, in routes. He's got a route tree uh, sometimes. He he. Uh, this past weekend against Kentucky while you were there, Luke, the first two touchdown passes were to second reads. That's true. I, I, and I looked up a stat. This is amazing. I remember it because I was so, so blown away. 8% of touchdown passes in the NFL, 8% is your second read down the field, only 8%. So it's something that us college fans, for whatever reason, someone put that talking point in our head of, hey, our quarterback's not, not doing his job if he's not progressing through reads and throwing to second and third. They don't even do that on Sundays as much as people would think. You know, so it just goes to show how hard hard we are on quarterbacks college fans and and that we expect too much out of these kids that are learning how to play football uh and we're asking them to do things that even the sunday guys struggle with and don't do a lot again eight percent of touchdown passes are thrown to a quarterback second read in the nfl very very interesting something else that's very interesting that we're going to get into are our player predictions for this game and who's going to do what and some over-unders and I'm going to talk about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Got to clear my throat a little bit. <clears throat> Sorry. I hate that. I know y'all hate it, especially if you're just living audio, uh, listening to audio. You're like, what is wrong with that man? Um, <laughs> but I want to tell, tell you now about LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And that's the crucial part, for free. Look, all you got to do is go check out LinkedIn Jobs and add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you are, yes, you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to ultimately hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs 
number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and helps you find them faster and for free. Post your job free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions, they'll probably apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Then I want to tell you about athletic brewing. Man, you know I love athletic brewing. Look, now it's time for the game changer of the week, and that's brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like... (laughs) I mean, I don't know how you go with anybody besides Jalen Milrow. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Look, these things are absolutely delicious. They have all these kind of seasonal flavors that are so good. You want to try them out. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. I'm telling you, their brews are great tasting and award winning and beat out full strength beers in global competitions. They're constantly releasing limited editions, experimental styles to their variety. They're fit for all time. So you can drink them anytime, anywhere and make any activity even more enjoyable like yard work, working out, watching a big game, whatever you want to do, you can enjoy this. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewingcompany.com. First-time customers use code Locked On get a 15% discount off your first order. That's first-time customers use code Locked On at athleticbrewing.com. All right, Jimmy, let's talk about uh, what we think when it comes mm-hmm. to um, <clears throat> some player props for this weekend. Look, the best prop I can give you on Jalen Milrow, over under number of quarters he plays in this game, two and a half. I'm going over. Uh, Really? Okay. Uh, Then I I was leaning to to under, although two and a half is probably like you said such a great number. You know, you're a good number setterer. (laughs) And – uh. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go under. <laughs> I'll go under. But two and a half sounds exactly right to me. Does anybody playing for Alabama go over eighty yards rushing? You cannot have these long pauses, Jimmy. <laughs> I mean, I have to tell you this. I take your, your long. Pauses, I never want to be wrong. Yeah, That's yeah, the but, thing. I, I don't like being wrong, so I like to. Put thought into it, but no, uh, the answer Your is long pauses yes. are my mutes. So you got to remember that <laughs> if, if you just have a long, silent pause, what is the difference in that and my muting myself accidentally? Nothing. And, and frankly, the, the worst part of it is me giving it more thought doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be any more right. I mean, <laughs> the odds of me being right. Doesn't matter whether I give a snap answer or think about it for 20 minutes. It's not going to matter. In fact, I think it probably hurts you. Yeah, I, there's a, a very good chance. That's uh, a quick uh, sports story. Uh, I remember being at South Alabama baseball camp. I was 14, I think, and uh, we, we ended the day of camp with a scrimmage, and I was with the older kids. So uh, I was playing second base, 
and uh, that's what that's where I played. I played second, and uh, there's a, a runner on first with uh, just one out, and uh, they hit a ball to me at second, and uh, I actually knew the kid batting, and uh, he 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 wasn't super fat. He wasn't he wasn't super fast, but uh, anyway, he hit a little dribbler out to me at second. So uh, I got the ball and I was pretty close to the bag and uh, I just fielded the ball and uh, jogged over there and touched second base for, for the out. And then I thought I did exactly right. And the coach comes out, the head coach, Steve Kittrell back in the day, coach Kittrell comes out of the dugout and he yells at, yells out at me, Stein. Yeah. Why didn't you go for two? You know, why didn't you try to get a double? Why didn't you go for two? I said, I thought the ball was hit too slow. And he said, stop thinking. You're not giving your team a chance to win the game. <laughs> so I need I you think to touch your brain completely off, please. <laughs> I think I think that's what you're trying to say there. Stop, stop thinking. You're you're never gonna get it right if you think well, what's the answer? Just you've got on a yeah, I say over 80, basketball. and it's uh, how about this? Just because it's a fun prediction to make, and I'll go ahead and put a stamp on it. Justice Haynes over 80. Haynes. That's interesting because I think he only has about 90 yards on the year. There you go. I'll um, say 80 uh, in his most extended playing time. Let's give him 80 on uh, seven carries. Ooh, I would love that. I, I, I mean, I, I assume that means he breaks at least one good long one. That would be awesome. Yeah, um, maybe a couple of 30 or 40 yarders, a couple of them. How about total touchdowns for Jalen Milrow at three and a half? Under. I'm going to go over. Uh, you're probably right. I mean, the dude's been just the dude's like a touchdown multiplier, like 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 a couple of rabbits in a cage. You open the cage and now there's 20 of them in there. And uh, that's that's Milrose touchdowns. Ten touchdowns in the last two games is a lot of touchdowns. It's ridiculous. And that's why, even though I mean, it's the time of the year. Right. But to see. I saw Milrose name seventh on Heisman odds. Yeah, uh, he's a Maxwell Award semifinalist, a Davy O'Brien semifinalist. If Milrow even finishes tenth in the Heisman voting, I'm not going to stop talking. Y'all get sick. I'm not going to stop talking about it the entire off season. Yeah, about, it's going to be huge. Yeah, if if he if he does, but it would take. By the way, I, I, like Luke said, Milrow's performance means nothing as far as the Heisman, but it's so late in the year. He needs some stats. So yeah, yeah, I think I think him racking up some stats will be a little helpful. He needs to be really efficient. This is what I'm looking for for Jalen on Saturday, Luke. It's not so much throwing three touchdown passes or running for three more. Uh, what I would like to see out of him is extreme efficiency in the pass game, something like uh, Jalen Milrow, uh, 12 of 13, 14 of 16, 15 of 17, something that's like extreme efficiency, Not no, no balls hitting the ground. So let me ask this. Um, do you think there'll be a defensive or special teams touchdown? By Alabama, I'll go no. But man, they're, they're, they, I wish they would. In the sense that, you know, I think we're a little. I, I expected more from that group in terms of the knots this year, and there really haven't been many. So it would be nice. But I, I guess I'd rather them save it for uh, Auburn or Georgia. Now I'm with you on that. I'll tell you something interesting. Going back to our podcast where we talked about the seniors coming back potentially, uh, Malachi Moore yeah. weirdly was interviewed. I think he was. I think it was by own three uh, and it, or maybe been 24 seven. I can't remember. And he was like, yeah, it's going to be weird. Take I'm possibly taking the field for the last time. So he certainly is not ruling out coming back. And you and I both thought, good Lord, if Malachi Moore comes back, that is a huge 
huge piece of the puzzle for next year. Um, it, it would be ma- it would be massive, and I, I would be surprised. But I mean, hey, it's his quote, not yeah. mine. So maybe I should start getting myself less surprised. Yeah. Nil Nil has changed this. I mean, the formula has changed, right? I mean, like I've said before, I said this in a meeting the other night, a speech I did. Uh, say it here, it's so true. Kids used to, there have been kids when the season is over, they sit in Nick Saban's office and Nick Saban says, it's in your best interest to come back to school because you're not going to go day one and you're probably not going to go day two. And the kid says, I would love to come back. Coming back is my preference. I wish I could, but I can't. And it had to do about taking care of family problems at home. And thanks to NIL, I don't know how often that speech happens anymore. You know, now now these kids can be helped, uh, at least to a degree they can help their families. So you should start seeing more kids return to school uh, than in the past. And uh, Malachi does have eligibility to return uh, due to this COVID year. Jimmy, when we come back, we're going to take a look around the country. Not a lot of great games, but there's some that are very important when it comes to Alabama. We're going to talk about that. But right now, I want to talk about prize picks. Uh, You know I love prize picks. It's it's an app. It's right on your phone. I'm going to pull it up on my phone right now just to let you know how easy it is. Look, there it is right there. It's coming up. I'm also getting a text. Sorry about that. But, yeah, there's prize Mm -hmm. picks right there. You can see it. Everything's real super easy. Just download it. What is prize picks? It's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. That is a big, big deal. Look, prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times uh, of my money this football season. And wow. now I can play during basketball season two. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry. It couldn't be any easier than that. Look, this week on prize picks, I'm probably going to take something like Steph Curry for more than, you know, 28 points in one of his games or uh Joker over in Denver for the Nuggets, maybe more than 10 rebounds because he's still killing it. He's MVP worthy still. But you can do things like Christian McCaffrey, more than 75 yards rushing, or Patrick Mahomes, more than X amount of touchdowns. You can do all these things on prospects. You will love this. Is It tests your skills, too, and it keeps you so engaged in the game. That's what I really love about it. It's so much fun. Go to prizepicks.com slash college. Use code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, Jimmy, looking around the country here, again, not a great, great lineup, uh, but that's okay. I mean, we all probably need a little week off before next week when it's Rivalry Saturday, and it's also Thanksgiving. It's going to be Rivalry within your family on Thursday. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, uh, one of the games, Georgia at Tennessee, um, this game had some sexiness about it several weeks ago. It has no sexiness now. Um, Tennessee fans have really uh, gone to Twitter to do nothing more than bug the heck out of SEC officiating. They are convinced that everybody in the world is against them. And um, that is the last refuge of a a fan base that's hit rock bottom. And um, so that, yeah, that they're more concerned about, and and Josh Heupel's not helping. Josh Heupel, you know, with his little uh, uh, smarmy either 
takes or attitude or whatever uh, in his press conferences is not helping. It feels like Tennessee is just not concentrating. They lost to Missouri 90-7 to and they're blaming it on the officials? Yeah, they're just saying nobody's called a holding against the Tennessee opponent in the last three or four games. We didn't maybe get that's holding true. called on us during the entirety of Will Anderson's career. That is so true. Well, I think we did go one one season, one full season where our opponents only had one holding call, if I remember right. I can't remember the year, but it was not long ago. And um, you we know, probably had just, two two first round pass rushers outside. Yeah, just just anyway, I think Georgia rumbles here. I, I've I really do. I think Georgia's just a much better team. Um, but and then there's a bunch of SEC well, games. I got to backtrack just- on that because some people might remember. Since the summer, I've said Tennessee would win that game. I mean, since the summer, I said this summer Georgia will lose in Knoxville. I said it during this season, earlier this season. But I'm backtrack. I'm taking it back before it happens. Uh, I was wrong. Uh, I, I just did not see Tennessee season going like it is. I, di- I didn't think Tennessee would be 11-1 and and, and contending for the playoff. But I thought Tennessee was going to be a really high-quality, top-15 type team, and they're just not playing like that now. Uh, I-, I think Georgia wins this game easily, and I uh, apologize to my Georgia uh, friends, and there are a few, uh, for, uh, for saying all year Tennessee would win that game. Uh, I was wrong. To just goes to show how this is why professional gamblers don't pick games during the summer. They wait till the morning of kickoff. That's why. And the rest of the SEC is sort of a not much to watch, but there, there are three other games that I'm going to keep an eye on. What's that? Um, that's going to be Oklahoma, BYU. And, and the reason I'm keeping an eye on is because Oklahoma could lose that game. I know they're going to be a big favorite, whatever. I think they're favored by 14 or something. But I think they could lose that game. Is that BYU? Um, Texas at Iowa State. I do believe Iowa State can win that game. I'm not. I'm not predicting it. I'm just saying I think they can win it. And uh, I'm, I'm and watching course, with interest. I'm watching with interest. Then of course, Matt, Matt Campbell's career can be electroshocked <laughs> back to life in front of us. And then Washington at Oregon State. Oregon State's actually a favorite there, and I think we really would like Oregon State to win that game. Um, Oregon State can help us out because I think they play Washington and then I think they play Oregon next week. I believe that's correct. That's right. So, I mean, they can help us out twice. Um, I never thought I'd be, uh, you know, pulling for Oregon state like I'm going to be, but, and then there's one more game, Oregon at Arizona state. Look, Arizona state is not a great team, but they had Washington on the ropes. And, um, a few years ago, a very good Oregon team went into Arizona state and lost 17 to seven behind, uh, uh, Jaden Rashada, I believe it was, or Jay, was that Jaden Daniels when he was a freshman? Jaden Daniels, that was Jaden Daniels, right? Rashada's there now. Um, right. It was Jaden Daniels, and um, so there. Those games are moderately interesting. It's not a great weekend for college football. The, ironically, pro football is a lot better this weekend. But um, those are the games I'm keeping an eye on. Do you have any upsets in there? Uh, I I think Oregon State will beat Washington, but I'm not sure. I think Iowa State could push Texas, but I, I wouldn't bet on it. This one's a little bit more of a snowball's chance in uh, in you know on the equator. Uh, but uh, how about Maryland at home versus Michigan? Just in the sense that I think Maryland is capable. I think Maryland's a capable football team, but it's going to take Michigan playing bad and turning it over, and they have not shown any inclination to do that. So. 
Uh, but I do think Maryland is a capable team at home. But if I had to pick one this weekend, Luke, if I had to say, okay, well, one of those top teams is going to lose, I'd go Oregon State, Washington, just because I, I think a lot of Oregon State and Jonathan Smith. And if I was UCLA, uh, who fired Chip Kelly, uh, I would I would break out the Brinks truck for Jonathan Taylor, uh, who's actually from Pasadena, his hometown. Wow, interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, that's going to do it for this podcast. We might Jonathan Smith. Why did I say Jonathan Taylor? Who's that? He's the running back for the Colts. I thought it'd be a hell of a move. Um, Jonathan Smith. Man, that, that Taylor kid's multi-talented. No, Jonathan Smith at Oregon State. Uh, he's from Pasadena. I, I think he should be the higher at UCLA. Uh, or wouldn't that be something if he's like, you know what? I kind of like it right here in Corvallis. Or what if Jonathan Taylor was like, look, I'm busy on Sundays, but I, I can be there Saturday to coach. During the week, somebody else has got to handle it. I got practice. Hey, whose um, who side gig pays seven figures? <laughs> Well, you were talking about the side hustle of all side hustles. Yeah. Um, okay, that's going to do it. We might be back tomorrow. We don't uh, We don't know yet, but we might. So just hang around because we're crazy like that. We'll definitely be here after the game, after the Chattanooga game with uh, the Nick Saban press conference and some reaction from that. And then get ready for the most stressful week. And I'm not talking about just because your uncle's coming in town. I'm talking about because the Iron Bowl. We'll be back <laughs> soon. Until then, roll tight. Roll tight.